Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 359, covering Countdown and Zero Hour with Caitlin Purdy. My friends, this is it. This is the end of season three. We did it. We made it through season three. Yeah, and Caitlin's here to help us send off this this season of Enterprise. Give, die, <laughs> give this season, season three die. In the ass. Now, I I often ask the guests this, and I, I know the answer already, but I'm curious what what spin you want to put on this. Did did you choose these episodes for a specific reason? Is there anything special about these? Honestly, when I was looking, I always look at the beginning of the season and try to pick something I'm gonna like, mm-hmm. and I was just having a dismal experience while watching it and I was like fuck this I want the last one so I can just <laughs> have a trash can fire and send the season off that is honestly the, what I thought just burn it all down you. on the way out yeah the thing about doing that like that's a that's a good choice that's a good reason but that does also mean you you feel kind of obligated to watch the entire season like if you'd done the first two then you could just bow out and say I don't have to watch the rest with you guys because I don't need to come back to season four <laughs> So in a way, that's the worst choice because you had to watch all of them to know what was going on. God, the lucky person who looks who watched the first two episodes and went, "Well, I don't need to know how this ends." <laughs> I don't know. I only have to watch these, and then I don't have to come back for three months. So I'm done. And the Zindi showed up, killed Florida. The end. Yep. I mean, it's not no a great all. story, but at least all it was that a happened short at the end one. of season two. Actually, oh lord, that's right. Yeah, so many years ago. <laughs> Can I just? I want to take a second to just be glad I never have to hear about the fucking Zindi again. I don't know that that's true. Oh man, I don't. I'm not. I'm not hinting that I know something. I know nothing. I'm just saying I would not assume that. I mean, from what I've heard, Manny Cotto shows up as showrunner now and just f- says fuck it to everything that happened before. Yeah, I I do know they do away with the whole temporal Cold War thing because nobody knew what it was anyway. Oh. Raise a glass to that, the death of that, too. And we won't see Brandon Braga again until the finale. Like, they get him back Larry David style for one more episode in the finale, but... So he can send a, the cast to prison. Yeah, but we get a 23-episode stretch with no Brandon Braga, so... That's pretty good. Uh, Hopefully. But, yeah. No, I, I checked. We definitely do. Because mm. what I was worried... Okay, he leaves after this last episode, but I know he's a very prolific writer. He writes a lot, oh, yeah. and... It's very plausible that he's got some stuff in the pipeline left over that they could use for season four even after he left, but they didn't. Oh, so. easily. So that's good. But does but someone shittier fill his shoes? I, 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 so far what we've seen from this new showrunner, mm. I'm not impressed with, but a lot of people seem to like him. Huh. I, we, I, we I found out, I just watched like uh, two seasons of The Exorcist show, and he's the mm-hmm. showrunner on that, and they're v- very good. So the dude can write something. Okay. I'm not but... vouching for his Star Trek episodes, but 15 years later, he's writing a decent horror show. Okay, but a lot of people like what Brian Fuller does now, and he wrote some of the worst Voyager episodes. Absolutely true. He wrote the Seven Gets Raped episode. Yep. So, Ab- you know. The one I what control, I'll delete that... from my mind. Yep. Yeah. As well no. you should. At, at some point, when we finish all of this, we're going to probably come up with lists of our favorite and least favorite ones and that one's probably going to be at the top of my least favorite mm-hmm. oh yeah my bottom 10 yep <sighs> anyway let's uh let's 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 get this started let's yeah. let's talk about i'm going to tell you guys what happens in countdown <laughs> oh if only it were the final <laughs> oh man you guys this is a super exciting episode and i'm so incredibly thrilled that i get to tell you all about it remember last week when the bad guys kidnapped hoshi That's where our compelling edge-of-your-seat story picks up, as the lizard Zindi realized that Hoshi's ability to speak aquatic Zindi means that she can decrypt their launch codes to activate the device that will destroy Earth. You heard me. These guys want to blow up the actual Earth. Imagine if that happened. Could the stakes be any higher? 
To get this information out of Hoshi, the lizards Zindi have to torture her, which is, of course, something that only a truly evil race would do. Boo, evil lizard Zindi! Torture is bad, everyone knows that! Meanwhile, Captain Archer, that stalwart pillar of heroism upon which all of Starfleet's future heroes are built, has his own incredibly interesting part of this plot. He's arguing with a bunch of Zindi, trying to convince them to join in his fight against the Reptilians. And since he's such a compelling advocate, blending his unparalleled expertise in diplomacy with his steely, near-Vulcan ability to remain cool under pressure, it's an absolute delight watching him discuss the finer points of why the Zindi are being manipulated and what evidence he has to prove this. It really is an excellent use of screen time in this, the penultimate episode of Star Trek's most ambitious serialized story to date. Then Enterprise puts together a team of commandos to raid the reptilian ship and rescue Hoshi, but not before reminding us of the positively riveting ongoing conflict between Malcolm and Major Hayes of the Makos. Man, I could watch these two butting heads all day. Who needs a plot when you can have two dudes snarling at each other over who's the bigger man? It's one of the biggest questions ever posed by Star Trek, and the uh, fan communities must have been completely divided in their debates back in the day, eclipsing those tired old Kirk versus Picard arguments. But since the rest, since the episode can't be all Malcolm and Hayes, much to our collective disappointment, the rescue mission gets underway. The team beams over, using that new transporter device that we said can't be used by people, so that's a pretty amazing twist, right? But before we have time to get too excited about that, because this show's breakneck pace really does not give you even a second to catch your breath, tragedy strikes. As it must to all men, death comes to Major Hayes. Sure, they managed to rescue Hoshi, but they paid for it with their dearest blood. Who among us can say that this extremely well-defined and incredibly nuanced character was not among their favorites? Not just on this show, or even in all of Star Trek, but in all of fiction. His death was a truly stunning development that will no doubt have lasting repercussions on this series. But then the tension rashes up even further as the Zindi superweapon heads toward Earth, which is almost certainly doomed if Enterprise doesn't stop them. But will they stop them? You poor suckers in 2004 had to wait a whole week to find out the answer. I can't imagine how you even managed to sleep that entire week, because I was a bundle of anticipatory nerves just waiting for the next episode to queue up immediately after this one. The show truly transcends great entertainment and reaches dizzying heights of, dare I say it, art. When human civilization is long gone and all that remains are the words we wrote, some alien culture will look to season three of Star Trek Enterprise and lament the loss of a species capable of thoughts and feelings beyond any limits known to the sentient universe. So you liked it. <laughs> oh, it was the best. <laughs> I believe every word you just said. I, I see no reason why you shouldn't. I mean, all of them definitely happened. I, I mean, that is that is a plot summary. Yep. There's nothing disingenuous about that. No, not even a little bit. You know, I've been I've been threatening to do this for a while, like <laughs> this this take on a summary, just to keep it interesting. And then I was like, well, I better I better do it now because season four is a nonstop roller coaster ride of greatness. So uh, I'm not going to be able to be sarcastic about that because it's like everyone says it's the best thing ever. This is actually an excellent version of uh, the first Star Trek podcast I li ever listened to back in 2010, which was just one dude sitting in a room describing the events of Star Trek Generations. <laughs> I mean, we did that when we covered Star Trek Generations, but there were three of us. Yeah. So. Also, we had jokes. Right. Jokes this, was just, this was just a very enthusiastic young man. Oh, well... I mean, sometimes you get carried away with your enthusiasm. Uh -huh. Things are just so great and they matter so much and you're so invested in the characters. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely what happened here, right? That must be what happened. I'm, I assume. I mean, we all watched the episodes. We saw the exact same thing as you did and we clearly uh -huh. were affected in exactly the same way. I don't see why you wouldn't have been. No, of course not. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, what did, what did you think? Um. <laughs> yep. Yep. That checks well, out. I hate everything that these two. Well, this whole season is about. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. I mean, there are some cool character moments in this. Uh, they're well, well, few and, this, and far and this between. Is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Fair yeah. enough. Well, this this is your good thing, right? A specific character. Yeah. Yeah. It's trip. Of course, it's trip. Uh-huh. I love Trip. That's fair. I love when he gets to be smart and caring and thoughtful on the same same scene. He has seriously so much heart. It's really adorable. 
But he is also like constantly aware of the task at hand. He's able to do his job and not be distracted while he's being empathetic and caring and like asking to Paul if she's okay and talking about how he's worried about his crewmate Hoshi, all while he's doing his job and getting shit done. And while the captain should have this capacity, he doesn't. So it's really nice to see somebody that's in a leadership role, sort of, or at least like, you know, on the screen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has charisma for days. He's extremely compassionate when T'Pol lets him know that she is like struggling, even though they're having an argument. He just like immediately lets it go, lets her know that he's there for her and says, let's get back to work. And like nobody, well, the captain should have the ability to like address things give people space, give people support, and then say, let's get back to work. And instead, it's Trip doing it, and the captain's just yelling at people all the time. Well, he's got a war to fight. That's yeah. true. But, that like, I mean... It's the only thing he's given a shit about for the past year, so... Uh-huh. That's, like, really yeah. all I can cling to at this point. Uh-huh. I mean, That's, like... That... Oh, go ahead. I, I, I love this character. Like, if I haven't made that clear... <laughs> He it, trip is the best part of this show, and I'm actually really glad that they sort of they they sort of finished up his whole dead sister thing and got back to what he is. Yeah, a big dope who's excited about the movie he saw with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I feel like we're projecting that on him. I'm not really seeing much of that anymore. Like. What I see is this relationship that they've just suddenly decided exists between him and T'Pol, which I still don't believe. Oh, no. Like, the the writers decided they were a couple and they were a couple. They didn't put in any of the work to make them fall for each other, as far as I could tell. No, they just touched each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly they're in love, and I still don't get it. But the actor's good. The idea for the character's good. I still don't feel like they're doing much with him, but also I totally get clinging to his charm because he's very, very charming. I mean, they're not doing anything with anyone, really, except for Archer, yeah. and I don't give a shit what that guy gets up to, you know? Well, like, but Archer, he doesn't have an arc. He's not oh, knowing no. or learning. He's he's angry and, and cutting corners and doing unethical things every week, and that's it. Well, that's the thing. Everyone on this show is stagnated. Like, yeah. like they say it's a serialized show, but nobody grows. Nobody changes. No. Like, any changes that happen feel like someone flicked a switch. It's like, okay, well, T'Pol's supposed to be in love now. Click. Yeah. No, and she's still super emotional in this one. Which, yep. Like, okay, I thought we were done with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm and not I know they said that. They said that it's the, the after effects of her messing around with the, the drugs and that it's always going to be a part of her. And okay, that's fine. But the point of having a Vulcan character is to have Vulcan character, you know? Like, you've just... Uh, Logic. Just and I don't really well, I mean, see, like, like okay. I don't really see them being in love. Like, I don't know. I know what they're trying to do, but, like, yeah. I don't really see it on the screen. I see more like, you know, when you are you work with someone so much, you start to develop, like, a work-wife, work-husband relationship? That's yeah. what it seems like to me, where they, like, crutch on each other and have intimate conversations because, like, we are always in this high-stress situation and we're always mm-hmm. together. But, like, I think they are not doing a correct romance situation that's, like, even... It doesn't come across to me as like them being. No, we've in love. seen we've well, it, seen plenty of friendships like that throughout Star Trek. We yeah. had Data and Jordy. We had O'Brien and Bashir. Like um, even in Voyager, I would say before they became a couple, like Belana and Tom. Absolutely. Yeah. But the next step of making them a romantic couple is actually doing that. Like I it's, bought it with Belana and Tom. I do not buy it here. Yeah, it's no. like they 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 didn't put it in any any of the work. You know, it, it yeah. feels like all they thought was, well, we'll just have them rub each other, and that's the relationship. No, you need to show these people connecting and like growing yeah. together and stuff. And they don't do any of that. They don't put well, any of the these work. Characters in. have enough depth to make that work. Yeah, exactly. But. And they never have an opportunity because all they ever do is like prop up Archer. Yeah. And do whatever bullshit he's yelling at him to do. And they never really mm-hmm. get an opportunity to just like, let's have a whole scene where we well, talk and grow and there's n- share. Yeah. Well, the, the the way the season worked, there's no breather episodes where you can do character stuff like that. We're always on the next step of the going to kill the Zindi thing. Gloom and doom. Well, you say the next step. It's been the same step. Look, for- when I say the next step, I mean, like, all of this is wheel spinning. Yeah. You know, and I I pointed this out last week that the Zindi like Archer trying to convince the Zindi has been going on and on and on, and we got more of it in this one. Like, yeah, I- enough. Either they're convinced or they're not. But this is not a plot. <laughs> it's just the same thing again. 
Yeah, no, we were talking about this the other day. Like, this show has no idea how serialization no. is supposed to work, you know? No. It's it really just, doesn't. like, it's, it, it, you know, like, it's just, it's like marching towards a direction with no, with no, like, you have an end point and no idea how to get between the, how to get yeah. there. No, and, and you guys talk about there needed to be quiet character moments between Trip and Paul to make their relationship work. They did have those. They were the, the, um, the, uh, massage things massage scenes those made but, me uncomfortable uh yeah maybe uncomfortable too <laughs> but that also those were all about trip's pain they mm-hmm. were all about him not sleeping and his his um the tragedy of losing his sister like yeah it was never about the two of them connecting it right. was about no it's, his emotional pain it was always about something bad it was it's all it's, it's about thing. therapy which is why yeah. like it's kind of gross that they're hooking up because like yeah. she's his therapist for christ's yeah. sake no, and therapy is a good thing. It's good to show that Absolutely. in a positive light, that, that especially for a dude, because sometimes hypermasculine characters can be like, "Well, I don't need help. I'll just get over it." And yeah, it's nice to show a dude asking for help and getting help. That's good. Mm-hmm. But if that's also their romance, that I don't buy it. No. And why can't they just have a deep, intimate friendship? Like, why can't yeah. that just be it? Why can't it just be that you know, Trip is a human, and you know, emo- emotional human like we are, and yeah. to Paul is able to offer him something that helps him manage that, and then she benefits from Trip's company. Uh, and I think in a couple of ways, and I think we've seen mm-hmm. that as well. She enjoys his company as well, and and I don't know well, why story- it has to get like sexy. I don't know. Well, this is the, the story- th- TV has no idea how to make men and women friends, and they, <laughs> You're you know, so right. Uh, just, I I occasionally Star Trek has done it. You are right, ninety percent of the time. Yeah. However, I will point to Janeway and Tuvok. Yes. And uh, Dax and Cisco. Yeah. No, that's yes. fair. But it's those so are, those it's are two instances so where rare. romance never came into it. They were the always only just two. Yeah. No, it's very rare. You are mm. absolutely correct, and I don't mean to like say you're wrong because you're not wrong. Mm. But Star Trek knows like that makes it worse because Star Trek knows how to do it. There are examples in its past. Absolutely. And they still fucked it up. Yeah. I mean, even even going back to the first episodes of the original series, they were they they started this and then they abandoned it. The idea that Uhura and Sulu were friends. Yeah. There were a couple episodes of that and there was no romance there either. No. They were just friends who hung out after work. So, you know. But no, it's just the, the thing with TV is almost always, well, these two like each other. They need to hook up. Yeah. It's I'm working my ass off to not get into an X-Files rant again. <laughs> uh what did you find a good thing in this one though matt i assume you must have uh oh yeah let me see here oh yeah so this ep- episode won an emmy for its special effects and uh-huh. it earned that shit like we've repeatedly said that the best thing about enterprise is its effects and this episode shows that like amazingly the interior of the sphere is so fucking cool looking the space battle is awesome, and I love the aquatic ship, which I noticed for the first time ever is full. <laughs> it just has giant windows full of water mm-hmm. that, when it gets exploded, burst out and spray water all over space. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I found the the space battles kind of boring, so I wasn't paying. Yeah, full you, attention, you don't like space battles, though. I like a good space battle. The ones in DS9, I liked. That's true. It's just. It's like I keep saying, there's no stakes. I don't care. Earth is not going to blow up because every character in every Star Trek after this that's from Earth is from Earth that still exists. Yeah, you would have thought someone would have mentioned that if Earth had exploded at some point. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Also, I know none of these guys are going to die. Like, everything's Mm going to be fine. Remember that time 100 years before the original series where Earth exploded, we had to build a new one? Yeah, funny we never mentioned that before. <laughs> We've all been living on Earth version 2.0, and we just don't even talk about it. Then again, no one ever mentions that Florida exploded, so... Yeah. No. I, I honestly thought at the end of the season we'd get some kind of time travel retcon thing, or none of this did happen. Right? Like, well, I seriously we... was prepared for that. Well, yeah, there's still time that for that, too. so... Uh, I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get out of what they got themselves into, and then that's it. Like, I yeah. don't think we're gonna address... I could be wrong, but I don't think they're gonna address it anymore. So that we'll would be see. that would be the smart way to go. Yeah. No. In fact, the way uh, what I've heard of the way Manny Cotto handles it when he takes over is just like, okay, you boxed us in here. We got to solve this, but then mm-hmm. no more time travel, no more temporal cold war. We're doing something else now. Yeah. So that'll be good. Might still suck, but it'll at least be good for that. Thanks, Manny. Uh huh. A name which only makes me think of Manny Calavera. Of course. <laughs> 
Um, that is a great skeleton. Uh-huh. This is one of my favorite skeletons. Yeah. I mean, you like a lot of skeletons. I do like a lot of skeletons, but on the list of skeletons, that dude's way at the top. Noted skeleton enthusiast, Matt Raboth. I don't know if he's the number one <laughs> skeleton. I'd have to put some thought into that, but that's a high skeleton. Yeah. I would be interested in reading your, your uh, list of top skeletons. I might have to craft it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good thing, um, and it was a real struggle for a while, I, I had nothing. But this was actually cool. When Hoshi's on the on the reptile ship, uh, she breaks free uh, from her from her confines, and she actually almost jumps to her death. Like they're yep. they're in this high, tall, like multi tiered thing, and she almost just jumps into their reactor or whatever, just so she wouldn't help them anymore. And that's pretty badass. Yeah, good for you, Hoshi. That's hardcore. Yeah, she, she is a badass. Mm-hmm. She and knowing what we know, the way she started, she didn't even want to be here. She just like. She just wanted to be an academic and, and yeah. study languages in, in wherever she was in Brazil, I think it was. Yeah. Um, like, she didn't want to be in space. She made it very clear. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that she's come this far, it's not exactly an arc, but it was a nice moment. Yeah. This is as close as this show gets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, we had that whole, like, let's really get into fucking Major Hayes. <laughs> uh, must what we? What do we know about this guy? Um, like seriously, he's every time a I see him, dick. every yeah. time I see him, I think he's Mike Nelson. <laughs> That's fair. Just a kind of big corn-fed white boy from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Not funny though. No, unfortunately. Yeah. See, I no, actually kind of like Major Hayes. Okay, but Why? I don't like I don't like love him or anything. I just when he's he's always on screen with Malcolm. And I oh, fucking so he's hate better than Malcolm. Malcolm is why yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. yeah, so like he and so compared to Malcolm, like he's a way better actor, he's a way better yeah. leader, he conveys himself a lot better. Like Malcolm always seems like an angry ferret. And so it makes <laughs> Major Hayes seem like how much he looked like a ferret. <laughs> yeah. No, I can I can see that, but better than Malcolm is a pretty low bar. Uh-huh. True. The the thing about Hayes is it, it's like I know nothing about him. I don't like I know his job and mm-hmm. I know that he doesn't like Malcolm and that's literally it. This is my bad thing. The fact that he selflessly sacrifices himself is nice. Yeah, I guess. But like, who are we losing? Like, name one thing about him. Well, like, I mean, like anything. He he's so yeah standard Marine. You know, and like you've seen this character fine. a million times in fiction. I, I get that he doesn't like Malcolm, and I actually am not opposed to the idea in principle of there are troops on board, and how are they different, and how are, how do they come into conflict with the guy who's in charge of security? That's an interesting mm-hmm. story. That's, that's yeah. similar to, but not identical to, Worf being the tactical officer on DS9 and butting heads with Odo, who is yeah. the security guy. Right. And I'm, and I'm not opposed to people hating Malcolm. Yeah, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. And if this guy had emerged as a much more likable Malcolm, yeah. that could have been interesting, but... I, we didn't show him, like, all we know is his negative relationship with one person. We've yeah. never, like, is he friends with anyone? Well, that's the thing. Again, this show doesn't have, seem to have time for character stuff when it could yeah. be doing more of its war adventure. That's why we only see him when the show decides to roll him out to, like, yeah. be Shit the stuff. Marines guy. And, you know, I, I get the Malcolm thing. I really do. But, okay, so maybe he made friends with Travis. Maybe mm-hmm. he made friends with Trip. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody so that we get five minutes showing him. What he's interested in, if he goes and plays water polo with the captain or something. Even just having him stick with his Marines, like if you had had him like bonding with that dude who died last week so that that death actually had any kind of stakes whatsoever. Then you could have given a bunch of the Marines characters like, you know, there's a lot of them and you you have to pick a couple maybe. Yeah, but. A couple, yeah. that's fine. But I mean, like, you have a pair who, like, like you have, you do a plot thing where the Marines don't get along with the Starfleet guys and they're sort of off mm-hmm. to themselves. Like, that's conflict. That's interesting. Yeah. But, but we you have need to, to know who it. these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not just, like, because we're ostensibly supposed to be on the side of Starfleet always. Like, they're yes. the good guys. There's, they're the ones we root for. I mean, so therefore, that sets yeah. up the Makos as the bad guys. Yeah. And if we don't sympathize with them, they're always just the bad guys. Yeah. So. It just, it didn't matter that he died to me. No. Yeah, I feel like it didn't matter that any of those people are even on the ship because all they do yeah. is occasionally give them guns mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we see them shoot stuff. We never see them engaging, talking, like sharing where they're from, sharing why they're there. You know, we they're just one, dudes with guns. Yeah. We had one brief scene when they first showed up that I actually liked. 
which they're in the mess hall and Hoshi's yeah. like, oh, this is a very cute bit with Hoshi where she's like, I know where you're from. And they're like, did you read my file? Oh, she's yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm that good at languages. I yeah. can pick up your accent and you're from this place. I thought that was very cool. Yep. Yeah, and I think that was towards the beginning of them. And I was like, yeah. oh, we are going to get to know these guys. Nope. Yeah, it was. It might have been the first episode because it was it, that was the point was like these guys are on the ship now. And like, we need more mess hall scenes like. Yeah, like all the other shows had, you know, 10 forward Quark's bar, the the mess hall on Voyager, like a place where characters go when they're off duty to talk to each other. Yeah. And that hardly ever happens on this show. No, there's no time for talking. There's only time for war. This place needs a rec room. Yeah. I I mean, the mess hall is okay. Voyager already had one, so I'd prefer something different. But yeah, something, something with some games. Yeah. What do these guys do when they're not? I mean, Archer will not let them not work. Yeah, space, no. Space darts. As we will see in the next one. I mean, like, yeah. the amount of episodes I've seen where no one has slept in three days, like... Yeah. Or wash their face. Or wash yeah. their face. Washing your happening. face. Washing your face is a form of recreation, recreation uh, enterprise, and Archer has banned it like he's the dad from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> there will um, be no fun Matt, bad. and bathing. <laughs> Matt, your bad thing also had to do with Hayes, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Malcolm and Hayes have a conversation over the death of that one guy I was just talking about, and then a further combination conversation when Hayes is dying, and it is so much manly bullshit that I do not have any time for. Yep. Just like, like, they're both just, well, uh, he, did, he died doing his best. Yeah, well, if I had been there, I, maybe he wouldn't have died. Well, and then they sniff each other's butts. Yeah, they're well, like, like arguing was... about who gets to be angsty more over it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and just, it, I do not give a shit. It's like I was just talking about with Trip, where they actually took a, a, a thing, a, a pretty masculine, like, stereotype thing about mm. asking for help and actually, like, give him a little credit there. Like, he's yeah. getting therapy. And these guys don't, like, they're still very in the mold of, like, a man that could have been written a hundred years ago. Yeah. And, like, I'm watching and I'm like, and here comes the manly, not a hug, but he'll put his hand on his shoulder. And they don't even do that. Yeah. It's like, well, men don't touch. Yep. <laughs> no, it's it's awful. There's one little part when they're talking um, and, he, and uh Malcolm just like hands him the the report and makes this just disgustingly immature statement about, are you mm-hmm. mad at me because like your guy died on my watch? And yeah. it's super insensitive. But I yeah. do really like Major Hayes's response when he's like, you know what? When we came on here. We felt like outsiders, but like you guys took us in and we don't feel like outsiders anymore. So you need to let go of this Hoshi mission yeah. and understand that like she's my crew, too, and I'm going to bring her back. I really liked that one piece of that scene because yeah. I thought I it was that. a nice at least moment where you see Hayes being like, I am a member of this crew and like, this is my jam and I'm here to serve. And I appreciate I, that. I liked that. It just didn't feel earned to me. It didn't well, feel no. like, where, how are you family? When have we ever seen you once? Yeah. Not yelling at someone. Like, In I, fact, I like that we got there. There's a whole episode about the, the Starfleet crew fighting against the Marines. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah, like a whole, um, a whole like mutiny. Yeah. Like when, when did this bonding that you're talking about ever happen? Like yeah, we've and, never seen it near the end of the season. This should be where we are. But yeah. again, it's like the, it's like the trip to Paul relationship. How did we get here? Yeah. It's, there's no evidence of it happening. It's just here we are. And again, I like you, you like Caitlin, I agree with you in that. I like the spirit of it. I like someone saying, yeah, we didn't like it, but now we do. And we're all family now. Like. In principle, I like that. I just don't feel like it was earned. They they need to put out a series of Enterprise novels set during this season that's just about character development. What they, what they <laughs> needed to do was not do ten fucking episodes of Archer arguing with the Zindi Council. And yeah, that... Like, there's so many episodes wasted doing the same running mm-hmm. in circles bullshit. They could have used that for this. Like, there was enough room for it. You can do character development while still having active, like... Like, exciting things happen. Fucking Battlestar Galactica did it all the time. Yeah. Lots of shows have. Yeah. Most shows do that. Yeah. I would say most. Most shows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caitlin, what was your bad thing? Um, I am going to be, like, kind of boring in my bad thing, but I just hate the fucking spear- s- sphere builders. It's hard for me to say, even. I fucking hate them. They're, yep. like, really shitty versions of the founders, 
And I really liked the founders. I thought yep. they were like super scary, the way they were had their hands in all the people's political things. And so that feels like what the, the sphere builders are trying to do. Like, we're going to control the future because we're so powerful. But like... For one thing, I don't understand why they give a shit about timelines when they're fucking trans-dimensional beings. Like, why do mm-hmm. they give a shit about meddling in these piddly people's lives? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they're just like a redundant, way lame version of something they did cool earlier. Absolutely. I, I and also we're, oh, also, we're at the end of the season, and I, st- I don't know why they hate Earth. No. Well, they don't hate Earth. They want to, like take over our dimension basically and to do that they need to like blow up you know the federation so it never happens aren't there like other dimensions uh, <laughs> they yeah. can just go hang go, out in those like they're putting a lot of the work in universe. yeah or that yeah. one where the Borg are everywhere those are the two universes <laughs> I know yeah. I can, I, we know other ones uh, uh, Worf jumped around a whole bunch of them yeah but I can't name any of them well no it would just be no, nice I, if they had like an actual reason to be meddling in our universe or like more of a agenda, I yeah. guess. But it just seems like, well, we want to live here. Yeah. That's, the end. That's why the founders worked so much is they went, they like their whole deal was that they were afraid of literally everything else in the universe and they needed to control it. Control. You know? Yeah. That's a Actually, good. We're going to, we're going to get more into this in the next episode because this is basically my bad thing. All right. Of the next one. Like, and I'm not, I don't mean to undercut yours. No, no, Caitlin that's fine. Well, but We can share a bad thing. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, I like the, I like the look of them. I like, like, yeah, they're not originally designed, but I don't mind. I like that they're all women. That's just something that's kind of cool that yeah. nobody makes a big deal out of. They just are. And I like them better than the Suliban. I mean, sure. I, I don't know. That. Their, their armor looks like a wrought iron gate. Okay, that's fair. I do, like I don't like them to be clear, but there are things about them that I like, and it just feels like more temporal Cold War bullshit. It's just they're manipulating mm-hmm. someone else instead of us. Yep. So, and yeah, their motives don't make any goddamn sense, like at all. You're right. And since they're the driving force behind everything that's happening right now, I guess that's mm-hmm. what bothers me so much about them having no reason to be here. I'm just like, yeah. all of this bullshit that we are currently dealing with is for no reason that has been really clearly yeah. explained. Other yeah. than and, I like your house. And and I want to live in it. Ar- <laughs> Archer's whole thing for ep- like episode after episode is trying to convince the Zindi of this. Mm-hmm. Like, and he hasn't somehow. It's just... Uh, Guys, that's an episode. Like, yeah. that's one, maybe a two-parter episode, but you yeah. bang that shit out, and then we get on with it. We move on to something else. Nope. Gotta, gotta just run in circles forever. Oh, All right, we need, to, I... we, need to, we need to be moving on. Do you have right. any final things, any, any last points you desperately need to address before we move forward? Mm. No. Caitlin? God, no. <laughs> All right, what do you got for an alternate <laughs> title? Transdimensional Orchestra. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you got? Star Trek Enterprise. Archer yells at a fish. Oh, right. That did happen. Mm-hmm. He yelled at a fish. For, yep. For a whole act. Uh-huh. What I like about that scene was um, the, the aquatics had had enough of his crap and basically showed him their fish butts. Like, yep. Swimming away from him, you just get a long shot of their butts. Eat my tail, bitch! I love yep. the. Uh, I know how to. I know how to stop the sp- the sphere builders. And one of them just turns around like, hmm. <laughs> uh, my alternate title talking about Hayes Major Dead. Uh, and my quote, Matt yes. basically picked my quote for me because, like, I don't care at uh-huh. this point. I would. I would just play thirty seconds of dead air. Because I don't give a fuck. But Matt Matt did in his notes point out a pretty good thing, which is there's a little dinner scene between Archer and Trip and Paul and uh, talk about getting back to Earth. What about you? You may buy me a drink if you wish. Yeah. And uh, Tapal says this. And it's kind of cute, I guess. Mm. All right. Moving forward now to the season finale. Caitlin, why don't you tell the fine folks what happens in Zero Hour? The only Star Trek episode that starts with a Z. Yes, that's what what, uh, Memory Alpha very helpfully points out. Oh, I didn't notice that, but I guess they thought about something once. 
not as not as interesting as uh, the the first Star Trek episode to feature a ladder, but you know, <laughs> a freestanding ladder. Al, geez, oh, of course, yeah. There's all kinds of ladders, but not freestanding ones. Anyway, uh, Caitlin, please. All right. The only way we're gonna destroy this thing is from the inside, like syphilis. So Captain Archer continues in this finale episode on his epic character arc of being a giant, careless dick. He demands that Hoshi work through her post-torture physical and mental crisis by shaking her by the shoulders and yelling in her face. Even after she legitimately shows him that she doesn't even know where the fuck she is and what the fuck is going on. He then tells her that everything hinges on her so that her broken brain is in maximum stress mode. I don't think Archer paid attention during his basic crisis management training. So Tripp and Paul have a heated exchange where she shows him just how much she cares about not killing everyone. She convinces Flocks that this suicide mission is the only way, and he fixes up some fancy cocktail to keep everyone mostly alive while they enter wonky transdimensional space. Archer continues being a single-minded dick, and even though Malcolm shows some monicum of caring by telling him that Hoshley cannot go on a fucking tactical mission, and Archer blows him off by saying, eh, she'll walk it off. My least favorite future man shows up with his baby face and totally tubular future space leotard to tell Archer that he has to play by the future space rules of future man so that Archer can grow up to be a politician or some bullshit. Something about how time has to go this way or else, insert cryptic bullshit. A bunch of things happen that are supposed to be suspenseful, but are mostly annoying until Archer's favorite frenemy shows up out of nowhere and we get some sassy Andorian action. Shran yells some bossy stuff at the crew of Archer's vessel and shoots cannonballs and yells about how Archer owes him, sailing off into the sunset after flipping him the bird. (laughs) I really love that guy. After the Andorians save Archer, Hoshi then saves Archer also, because he's useless and always needs other people to get his ass through anything. Paul and the Enterprise crew get juiced up and enter transdimensional space and set off a chain reaction to blow up all the spheres while getting some gross space dry skin. And Hoshi helps Archer disable the Death Star. Archer gets really noble, still a dick, but noble, and all Captain Go Down with the Ship thing. And I'm like, yes, yes, get blown up. They make us think that he didn't make it back alive, but I know there's another season of this bullshit, so he's gonna be back, unfortunately. There's a really cute moment with DePaul and a dog, and everyone gets home to Earth, but wait. Dun, dun, dun. Something is wrong. No one's responding to their hails. What could it be? Find out in season four of this trash TV show. It's it's Nazis. Oh. It's gonna be Nazis. It's yeah, fucking not- alien Nazis. Oh, it's an, it's Nazis and an alien. Ugh. How did they get there? What? Oh my goodness. Fucking, let's rip off the most Twilight zone thing we can for our last five seconds. <sighs> I mean, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. That's, I that's, suppose that's true, but, but it was original we, when they did it. Do we need Nazis? We already have Cardassians. Yeah. Do we need There's actual Nazis? There's hate in this universe. We don't need them. Yeah, seriously. I just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's my attitude at this They're point. They're just like, oh, what's the scariest thing in all of history? Well, it's mm-hmm. Nazis. Let's do that. I mean, I guess going, like, if you want to send them on a time travel adventure and you go through the list of what Star Trek has done, they haven't gone to World War II yet. But also, that's because it's not fun. No, they went no. to World War II planet instead. Oh, wait. Hang on. You're right. They did that. And also, Voyager did a two-parter in mm-hmm. World War II, now that I think of it. But it was on the holodeck. Yep. So it wasn't uh-huh. technically time travel, but they have done World War II before, so never mind. Yeah. And a million allegories, like the Cardassians were clearly the Nazis to the Bajorans Jews already. So Yeah, that's what good sci-fi would do. They would have an allegory instead of just having a Nazi and an, or an alien and a Nazi's hat. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, this is what we have to look forward to. <laughs> this show is trash. I know. Yep. You're, you're right, Caitlin. You I, have so much ha- I have so much hate in my heart right now. I just, for Archer Enterprise. the worst. He's yeah. just the worst. But by the end of this season, I, I honestly watched um, like the first probably 85% of this season all at once. Um, mm. Just back to back to back. I think it was homesick or something when, towards the beginning of the season. And I was so just tired in my spirit of yeah. the negativity from Archer yeah. that I couldn't finish the season. And then I watched these two episodes like right before we recorded. He's so, just no, and the worst. And let, 
let's be very, very clear. What you said in your summary about him yelling at Hoshi while she's clearly trembling with PTSD. Yep. You did not exaggerate a minute of that. That is literally what happened. You reported what you saw. Mm-hmm. Like was, you didn't make that more ridiculous for jokes. That's that's what we got. It was hard to watch. It like, absolutely yeah. was. It yeah, felt take it the felt most, yucky. The most vulnerable crew member. Like mm. like I mentioned before, she doesn't want to be here. We saw that in the pilot. They've mentioned it before. This she's not a military person. She's here because of the challenge of learning new languages. But this is not her scene, man. Like yeah, she's Mm-mm. the most vulnerable and. So that makes it even worse. Can I just, this is a woman with two holes in her brain. Yep. And he's just, he just, well, you need to work harder. Yeah. The, a woman who the torture like was so unbearable that she literally would have rather killed herself. Yeah. Than put up with another moment of it. Yeah. And, and she yeah. very clearly is like in a state of, physical, emotional, spiritual crisis. And like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it's not even like he makes it easier for her by like, okay, let's sit down. Like, here's just the questions I need you to answer. Like, can you figure out what this is? He doesn't do that. He just like, is like screaming at her, like, figure it out, figure it yeah. out. Like, that's not even pointing her in the right direction. And she's literally like crying and saying, yeah. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. And it's just an, it's an awful moment of TV it's, to watch. It's real hard to get through. What? What gets me the most is, okay, sometimes the, the writers are kind of tone deaf and they don't realize writing this scene means it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this feels so on purpose. Yeah. Like, it yeah. feels like if you were deliberately going to write Archer as a villain or as a as a bad captain, this is the kind of thing you would make him do. But they still think they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. They still think he's heroic by pushing his crew. Like, and it's hard for me not to think, like, of what every other captain would have done in this situation. Yeah. Like, yeah, would have sat down and had myself. a quiet, caring conversation with Hoshi. Like, every yeah. single one would have. And well, instead... Picard, Picard wasn't was a little, like, he had a hard time bonding with people. But he would at least say, you know what? You need to talk to Counselor Troy. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to get your shit yeah. together. Like, he would have done that much at least. But and yeah, he had right. a calm demeanor. And, like, yeah. he would have said... He would have said encouraging words to her. He would have pointed her in the right direction. He would have asked her what she needed. Yeah. Yep. I would have loved and to have seen, like, Janeway take this. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Janeway take the wheel. Yeah, seriously. Even Cisco, who was willing to do some pretty horrible things when it came down to it, would not have done this to his own people. Yeah. Mm-mm. Just absolutely not. They would have figured out another way. And there's yeah. always another way. Just That's make up some... Trick. Babbled. <laughs> That's the Star Trek thing. That's yep. the like it is a formula and it's a little tired, but it's also a thing we kind of expect from this show, which is we'll never be as bad as the real bad guys because we come up with a better way because humans are very inventive and mm-hmm. we will come up with something. That- That's that whole speech from Discovery I always come back to because it's yeah. amazing. There's always a better way. Yeah. The whole thing about like especially your engineer characters in Star yeah. Trek is they're so they're they, they have so much ingenuity that they will figure something out. They yeah. always do. We don't and drag you know, ourselves down. We're yeah. better than this. Yeah. That is humans. Like the, when we when we complained about the, the self-righteous humans in early next gen. Yeah. It was they were always going on and on about how great we were. And mm-hmm. they were right. It was just shut up. Well, you know? they're, they're, it's true. You shouldn't say it. You shouldn't constantly say it and rub everyone's noses in it all the time. You know what's great about being human? We're always right all the time. <laughs> You know what's great about being human, which, by the way, I am. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't get to roll out my Picard very often anymore. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Well, you didn't finish it. You need to. I'm Captain Picard. Yeah. Yeah. A human from (laughs) France. Clearly, listen to my accent. Je m'appelle Captain Picard. (laughs) And Hoshi's like, no. No. (laughs) No. You're just, no, you're not. (laughs) The linguists don't check. Excuse me? That guy's not French. Yeah, that guy's British as hell. I know. I know he's so imposing that you don't want to contradict him. But I'm telling you, he's not. <laughs> he is the most. Uh, but Caitlin, your your bad thing was effectively just Archer, right? Oh fuck yeah! While I mean, we're it's, talking about this, 
it's obvious, but I mean, I have been enduring this hatred all season and I kind of need to vent about Archer. So this is my platform. Archer is by far the most selfish, single-minded, careless jackass ever to call himself a Starfleet captain. He sullies the title of captain. He undermines all that Starfleet stands for. He never earns the loyalty he is given and he fails to honor it again and again as he blatantly disregards the lives of his crew. And we see it all throughout this episode, all throughout this season. And it is so not how a Starfleet captain operates. And it yep. is it just enrages me in like the core of my nerd spirit. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, and, and we saw in Discovery, we've talked about this, there's someone pulls up a list of the greatest Starfleet captains and he's on it. Like, yeah. What? Bullshit. Yeah. It's uh, and I know they were trying to do a little fan service. They were trying to say, look, some of you guys are fans of this show, so we'll 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 give you a little head nod there. But well we <laughs> It's the fucking worst thing about it. Well, not the worst thing. The worst thing is the show. But another terrible thing about Enterprise is that it's the only one in continuity anymore. Yeah, in continuity for the reboot movies and Discovery. Yeah, so it's it, the one that they go. It's the one that they can go back to. Yeah, it's hard to reference forward. It's easier to reference back. So yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I I'm so done with him. He just makes yeah. me die on the inside. I'm just like yeah. I don't want. Like I I am always so inspired by. Um, Starfleet captains and like the incredibly hard decisions they make, the mm-hmm. leadership that they show, the fact that they make mistakes and prove that they're human and correct themselves and be humble and yep. and be brave and just show all these incredible characteristics of a leader. And so I'm always like really into those captains. And it's it sucks that this whole show has nothing to give me for that. It's just like this vacuum of leadership. Yeah. No, and, and his thing early on was like he felt so privileged. Yeah. This is my ship. I deserve it because my dad. I'm and supposed like, to be here. Humans from Earth are the best ones and we're going to tell you how to do things. And like yeah. and then it shifted to this. Like he's never been likable for me not once. No, that's been our deal since the beginning is that being shocked about hating the captain. Yeah. yeah. Before I was indifferent. Before I was like, well, he's kind of petulant and, and kind of like arrogant, but uh, maybe he'll become likable and maybe they'll flesh out his character. And well, they did that. But yeah. Oof. <laughs> I mean, he's been yelling since episode one mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm done with it. It's not how any effective leader um, communicates. But on top of that, why would a writer write you this way? It's not fun to watch someone just scream at people. Well, we, well we've talked about this before. It was the time. Yeah, it was it was that post 9-11, we all have to get behind the leadership and fight the bad guys thing. Yeah. And it's, Even uh, when they're shitheads. Victory yeah. at any victory at any cost. Yeah. Yeah. Jack I'm Bauer shoving it. a towel down someone's throat. Yep. Uh, Matt, what was your <laughs> bad thing? Uh, okay, so honestly, aside from the stupid, 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 stupid ending, which was very stupid, this oh, is a think it was stupid. This is a completely fine last episode of this season. Big action sequence, space battle, whatever. If the rest of the season hadn't been boring, stupid, and confusing, like I said before, I still am not sure what the Sphere Builder's beef with Earth is, and I suppose I never will. This would have been not good, but acceptable. It's My bad thing is the long trudge that is season three. And just, the creators obviously wanted to tell this big overarching story about the battle with the Zindi, but they were never able to make it work. This entire season's a mess. Repeating plot points, spinning wheels, going off on weird tangents. Zero is an hour isn't bad. It's just the mediocre finish to a shitty story I don't want to hear. That's fair. I think it's bad, but, you know, that's because I think this is all bad. <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm just like, this is a perfectly acceptable chunk of science fiction television. <laughs> It's not it's not good, it's not bad. It is one it is 45 minutes of mediocrity. It just it felt like a lot of the things I didn't like the whole time were still there. Yep, that's mm-hmm. fair. And it then felt it like is, they were trying to wrap some stuff up that didn't make sense and just ugh. It's just a chunk of this terrible season. Yeah, one more serving. Yep. And it felt like it was supposed to be really suspenseful and action-packed, but I was so bored. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I don't they're not going to blow up Earth. We know that. So who yeah. cares? Yeah. It would have been super bold if they'd killed off Archer. Mm-hmm. But you know that's not happening either, and they Which, gave us a wink at the end that he's fine. But Actually, apparently, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not, but like I was reading something. They One of the um, 
they were absolutely uncertain if they were coming back for season four. Like, yeah. they were right on the on the cusp of coming back. And one of the big things from the network heads was, we don't want uh, Bakula on the show anymore if we're coming back yeah. for season four. And I think it was Berman, but I'm not sure, fought tooth and nail to keep him. Uh-huh. Like, Bakula was looking for more, like, he was looking for his next gig, basically. Yep. No, I don't so, know that we have talked about it on the show, but I've read that as well. Mm, and, uh, it would, like... You know, so like it would have been the easiest thing in the world to fucking kill him and put Trip in charge of the show, or to Paul, yeah, or or, or Shran, or anybody, mm-hmm. fucking anyone, <laughs> fucking Porthos. Yep, would be a better captain. I've said that captain before. Captain Porthos. That's fine with me. I know they don't wear them, but I just want him to wear a ship's captain hat. Yep. You know, like all captains in Starfleet probably wear. <laughs> yeah, like a like a like a boat ship captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that would be the most cute. Yeah. Um, my bad thing, and we talked about this already, mm. but uh, you know what I miss? Villains mm. I could relate to. Villains sure. that are sympathetic or at least understandable. Like Klingons were aggressive, but they had the whole honor thing. Romulans were pretty noble, but paranoid. The founders had a history of oppression. The Cardassians in the later part of DS9 were trying to rebuild and they were vulnerable to like an outside manipulative force. Even the Borg had that robot zombie ruthlessness that sidestepped sympathetic, but at least I understood where they came from. The Zindi and the Sphere Builders are just cartoon villains. I never care what they were up to this whole season, and this episode did not suddenly change that. Nope. They're always like, we must destroy Earth. Yeah. There's a moment in this where it's like, and soon all of Zindi space will become a property of the reptilians. Mm-hmm. And then they eat mice. Oh, God, yeah. that Like that scene from V. Yep. That was the first thing I thought of, too, and I haven't even seen V. Yeah, it was a miniseries from the 80s that probably not a lot of people at this point have seen, but I did. And one of the things, the, the whole thing is they're lizard people masquerading as humans mm. who tear off their faces. And like when they're on their ships and people can't see them pretending to be human, they eat mice. And the, the effect at the time was quite good. They would grab like a guinea pig or something big like that and lower it tail first into their mouths. And you'd see a big lump going down their throat like a snake. Mm. And kind of cool. But this was fine, I guess. I just felt bad for those poor mice. The whole time yeah. I was watching that scene, I was like watching it so closely because I was trying to figure out if they were going to like cut away. Are these actors mm-hmm. really putting these mouse in their mouth? Like what's yeah. happening? It was uh, as a person who really likes animals, mm-hmm. I was not okay with it. I'm sure it was all CG or fake puppets or, you know. I don't know about that. I don't know. It really looks like they are putting them in their mouths. And they may have done, but I also know, you know, by this point, there were animal cruelty laws well in place. Like, whatever they did was probably. I don't know. Michelle Keaton put that bird in her mouth for Batman Returns. Oh, uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, not Michelle Keaton. (laughs) No, I know about that. But also this was, you know. 12 years after that. I suppose that's true. We're not entirely on Batman Return special effects still, unfortunately. It also makes me think of little mouse hands, like, scratching around in my mouth, which is really a horrifying thing to think about. Well, I mean, people people used to swallow live goldfish, too. People are weird. I just, all I can think of is the mouse fear shitting in my mouth. (laughs) Oh my god. Maybe that makes it better. Who knows? I look, man, I am the last person you want to go to for whether or not it is good to eat a mouse whole. Maybe not yeah. the last person, but I'm up there. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but I I didn't completely hate that. But just the, the I I never like I know I don't have a problem understanding what their motive is. Their motive is we want to take over the galaxy. But uh-huh. <laughs> and okay, the founders were like that too, but like you guys were saying, it's because yeah. they wanted order. Like yeah. at least there was that. It wasn't because we want it. It's because they had this whole backstory about how uh, humans or, you know, solids used to not trust shapeshifters and they, they hunted them to near extinction. And so they decided, like, never again. Now we will impose our order and this will never happen again. That's something. Yeah. Great, uh, great motivation. I liked it. But yeah. it is it is still a bit simple. It is still a bit like if you're if you're talking about like complex nuanced it's not it's it's pretty basic no but, but it's something you, you know. can buy into like you yeah. know you tell revenge. me that and i'm like yeah perfect revenge is really, better than i want it mm-hmm. they were really diversified too so like there was this long history of them infiltrating and yeah. controlling all of these different agencies throughout the galaxy whereas yeah. this is just like these are just the dudes that we're using we're mm-hmm. using this one set of dudes uh, yeah. To do all of this, whatever that we want to do. And we'll do. build all these balls that make everything unlivable. Like mm-hmm. These are our balls. Uh-huh. 
just our space balls. I do not care. I just don't care. I don't care what happens. I didn't care about anything that happened in this episode, honestly. Yeah. Just, it was just uh, a mess. My, like, favorite part visually of this episode was just, like, all the close-ups of uh, the reptilian makeup. That was, like, mm-hmm. the only thing I could really look at in this episode that I was like, oh, hey, that looks really cool, and I want to look at the TV right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the rest of the time, I was just like, do 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 Is there anything else I can do in my room right now other than watch this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, the, the reptilian had pretty good makeup. I still prefer the, the insects and the, the aquatics, but the, you know, the reptiles were pretty good. There was yeah. a couple close-ups of their face where I was really like, huh, that looks like a lot of goddamn work. And mm-hmm. it looks like a really, like the colors were um, just like really rich in yeah. their little like scale face scales. I thought they looked quite nice. No, the, oh, go ahead. No, the, the effects in Enterprise, like, it's, it, it is the one thing the show has going for it. Yeah, the only it's thing a great, that It's a great looking on. show. Yeah. Um, Except for the dirty faces. <laughs> yeah, in, in crisp, high definition, you get to see all the, all the <laughs> dirt. dirt caked on their faces. <laughs> the, um, the, I think it was in the previous episode. They, these all run together because they're all so samey. But um, yeah, there was the bit where the, uh, the lizard guys literally sleep on rocks. Like hot rocks, I know. In their, uh, in their ships, he's like, "I'll be in my thermal chamber." Like, oh, I love it. It's pretty good. Go lie on a rock. I would when they're love off to have a hot rock thermal chamber. <laughs> where Amanda I could has go. said much the same thing. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, can I just? I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but can we just take a moment to discuss the wire vests that they all wear? Yes. Okay. What, the, what fuck? the fuck are they? They're stupid. And like the the higher ranking the 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 reptilian, the more elaborate the vest is. I call it cage mail. Yeah, that's as good as anything. <laughs> I have I spent know, so much time. Doesn't bother me. It's just after seven hundred episodes of Star Trek, they're trying to do something that you haven't seen a thousand times, and sometimes it's going to look dumb. That's just they. I they definitely have shown me something I haven't seen before. I've spent so much time staring at that thing, going, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah, you- you tend to fixate on stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, that's what they wear, whatever. Well, when they're talking about boring crap I don't care about, I will earnestly search the background for cool shit to obsess over, See, like I fans at, or small shovels. I, I look at things that aren't in uh, in the show. Mm-hmm. I, that's I also an read, option. I will read an entire book. Listen, I've also gotten a lot of Avengers Academy done while I've been watching this show, so. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, Caitlin, what was your good thing? My good thing is Hoshi. She saves the day again, and I feel like she does this a lot. She never gets really a whole lot of credit for it, but she's constantly just, like, saving everyone, and well, I love her. She has a very unique skill that no one else has that, yeah. that is crucial. Like, someone else could learn how to fix the ship eventually, but learning languages and having the aptitude for languages she has is a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. And being able to translate and decode and all that stuff. And on top of that, she's like the most cute and the most smart and the most kind and the most sweet person on the crew. And mm-hmm. it's juxtaposed with, with Captain Archer screaming in her face. It's just like even more so like you really do not deserve her. She is such an integral piece of this crew that constantly provides this essential service that is life saving. And you just you don't deserve her, Archer. No, and and the whole point of them, the the Zindi uh, kidnapping her in the previous episode, is because she's so good at languages that yeah. other Zindi could not understand the aquatic language as well as she could learning it for like a month. Yeah. She's, she's that good at it. Yeah. I buy that. And also, mm-hmm. why doesn't she quit at this point? Like, whenever they I get would. out of whatever dumb new adventure they're setting up, why doesn't she just go home? Like, yeah. this is too much for her, you know? That's what I think is part of why she's so amazing, because, like, she is a person who experiences fear and still makes brave choices. Mm -hmm. And I love that about her character, that she, like, she'll always be like, oh, my God, I hate this. Oh, my God, I'm afraid. This is not what I signed up for. But then when it comes to actually doing it, just like when she's being shot at and she's trying to help the captain disable the light up tubes mm-hmm. um she's still like holding her shit together she loses the pad so that she was using to do the work and she just does it from memory and she's like working through so much and she's still able to perform like she is brave it's like she just doesn't know that she's brave yeah well yeah and i like that but on the other hand they set that up about her at the very beginning and 
yeah. they did a few stories about her overcoming her fear, which were great, but they're still doing that. Like, there's nothing new happening there, which is kind of annoying. Like, seeing that she's terrified and doing it anyway is still great, but it's less great the 10th time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like she never maybe, gets empowered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Archer glues a bomb to the reptilian Zindi guy and explodes him. It is easily the greatest thing he has ever done, and it was hilarious. He slaps a fu- what's basically a fucking prox mine from Goldeneye on this dude's back. The guy stands there for a second, staring with the wide-eyed look, and then he literally explodes. It's fucking the best. Yeah, that that actually was a you know pretty badass moment. I mean, you know, it's him killing someone because that's. That's what he's good at. Well, it's all he knows. Yeah. But if you're going to kill someone, exploding no, them is pretty good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, my good thing <laughs> is uh, this is for the first time, a full season of the show is 24 episodes instead of 26. They they cut the order back by two. So Hallelujah. we were spared two additional hours of this. That That's basically. <laughs> uh, all, all imagine what they could imagine what they might have filled it with. Nothing. I, probably or, Archer trying to convince the Zindi Council that that he sh- they should work work with him, or maybe being in prison. Pro- probably that. Oh my god, I'm so tired of prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I will actually like I wrote that, and then another thing happened after that. Uh, there was a cute scene that uh, Caitlin mentioned in her summary that um, when they think Archer's dead, uh, to Paul's in sick bay, and she sees uh, Porthos, and she very Vulcanly like they didn't they didn't dial up her emotions too much. Mm. leans down and pets the dog and says it'll be okay boy or something like that and that was actually yeah. mm-hmm. it was, it was good. genuinely cute but you know I have a soft spot for that goddamn dog so mm-hmm. it's a good dog he's a very good boy yeah he is alright uh, Caitlin you got a quote for us oh my quote is pretty much the only part of this episode that I really enjoyed and that would be the Andorians yelling uh, Commander Shran just yelling at Captain Archer and tell Archer, we're not even anymore. He owes me. Well, yeah, Shran is one of the few bright spots of this show. I love, uh, I love, I'm not sure if this is your quote or not, but I love, he owes me now. That is my quote. How did it's, you know? That, that, because that, it's that the was, best fucking that line. It was nice, but it was also, like, clearly Return of the Jedi. Like, there's that running thing through Star Wars where it's like, you know, I owe you one, I owe you one. And then uh, Luke rescues Han and he's like, I owe you one. <laughs> okay, I've seen this already in a much better thing, starting with Star. Look, was, man, you know, it was still good. But look, I just man, like Jeffrey it because like, is just the best. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. It's like a forced favor, and I think it's really cute that mm-hmm. they have this relationship, um, if you want to call it that, of just like I fucking hate you, but I'm not gonna let you die in this bullshit. No, I don't. I still don't understand. It's another one of those unearned things where Shran just loves Archer, and it's like, why? <laughs> Like, I still don't get it, but if that's where we are, then fine, whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you guys got for alternate titles? Caitlin, what about you? I have Death Becomes Him because I want him to be dead. Mm-hmm. If only. Yeah. If fucking only. Uh, Matt, what do you got? The end. Finally. <laughs> I mean, we still got 24 more episodes of this crap. Yeah, but like, but I I, the, the Zindi shit's done. This is done. It's done. It's over and it's done and it's done. Done. You know how the, uh, the people, ha- there's that expression, by Felicia. I just want by Brannon to be a thing. <laughs> by Brannon. Um, <laughs> my alternate title based on the, the episode title, uh, Zero Hour, uh, mine is Zero Interest. <laughs> Story checks out. All right, that's it. That's all. That's that's all. We got twelve more pairs of episodes of this damn show, and we're done. We did it. We that's, did it. We didn't do it yet, Matt. And for all the talk of season four being great, I do, I don't buy it. It's we still got some suffering, but by late June we will be done. Uh, yep. June thirtieth, we will be doing the first episode of Discovery live Woo. in Seattle uh, at the Pocket Theater. Please come see us. It will, yes. it will be a delight. Caitlin has, has said she's going to try to make it in costume. So, oh, I'm definitely going to make it. I took the Monday off work so I can have ah. a nice long Seattle weekend. Mm-hmm. I just put my costume in the closet to get all the wrinkles out. Fantastic. Nice, nice. And like I said, we're not we're not booth babe guys, but on the other hand, you know, Caitlin looks pretty great at seven of nine. So, uh, yeah. If that could get you there, then so be it. 
you can get your picture taken with me, seven of nine. Yeah. A tertiary something of some, I, I don't remember the title. Yeah. You probably do. Tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix 03, I want to say. There you go. I love you, It's Caitlin. been a long ass time since I've watched my fucking Voyager. Well, you like that show. Maybe you should treat yourself. I know, right? Wash there's this some taste good, out of your mouth. There's some good stuff in there. I can't believe I was ever going to say that, but here we are. Yeah. I could pick 10 to 20 good episodes out of the 170 whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> this show, I could pick one, two, maybe. Oh, I'd love to hear you name them. <laughs> uh, I know we said them at the time, and now I don't. I like the Archer and Klingon prison one. Oh, yeah. All right. With Martok. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I didn't hate Trip is Pregnant. So there's two. Yeah, okay. I didn't hate Trip is Pregnant either. I thought it was cute. Yeah. No, that was one on paper where we're like, ugh, really? And then it was kind of yeah. okay. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, next week we will be doing our uh, supplemental episode. So if you want to write to us, please do. Postatomicor at Gmail. We love to hear from you. Yep. Uh, we, we have at least one email uh, defending Archer. So we can go into that. We can we can entertain that, see what we think, dissect mm-hmm. that. So so that'll be interesting. I You know. I'm all for hearing other people's opinions if they're if they're well reasoned. Sure. Like we might not agree with you, but uh, you certainly don't have to write in and just agree with us. Like by yeah. all means. Um so uh that will be next week and then we'll start in on season 4. So yep. uh, look look forward to that. The last of the show. The last. I do not look forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to no more Brandon. Yeah, I look forward to that too. That'll be something. Yeah. All right. So that's all for this time. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, We're still just doing this.